You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 74. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Here we come, August. (laughs) Is it not insane? This whole year feels like just absolute insanity. You know, the I'm a huge football fan, and it feels like the Super Bowl was so long ago. It was really the last normal event in the sports world that uh, America was able to participate in before the pandemic went down and the, and the quarantine started. And now here we are, many states relocking down. Uh, who knows how this is going to all play out? We've had just insanity with the pandemic, and the Black Lives Movement has been, you know, just going amazing, you know, depending on what city you're in, what you've been able to experience there. Uh, We have an election coming up. It's like this year has just been so nuts. And I really do, really do hope that all of you have had a strong sobriety and recovery throughout all of this. It's, there's just so much, right? Like when I think about the things that you'll end up going through anyways on a sobriety to addiction recovery journey. And then you throw all of this in there. And one of the things that I keep getting messages about and emails about is that, you know, is this year just a wash because so much has happened, you know, financially, economically, uh, politically, uh, there's just so many different things, right? Like nothing really seems like there's a sense of normalcy to what's going on. And, uh, well, this is a future episode. Let me touch upon it now. This year is not a wash. You are not allowed to just mail in the rest of this year because of Corona and everything that's going on with that and just say, okay, well, I'll figure out my health or I'll figure out my finances or I'll figure out my education. No, you don't just get to mail in the rest of this year because things have gotten difficult. This isn't going to be the last weird thing that happens in the world where you could easily use it as an excuse to not accomplish something. We're not in that world anymore where we're going to make excuses about why we can't accomplish something. Because you can accomplish it if you tell yourself that you can accomplish it. And then you come up with a system, you you build yourself a program, and you move on it. Anything in life you can figure out if you just start trying to figure it out. And I, let me take the try word. Just start figuring it out. It doesn't matter what it is. You don't know where to go to you don't know where to go to school or what classes to take. Just open up the book and start looking at the classes that are available. Start searching colleges in your area. You're unfamiliar with how to do your own taxes, your finances are in disarray. Then start figuring out how much you spend every day and then figuring out if that's where you want to be spending your money. There's not an allowance for mailing in the rest of this year. There's just not. You're, I am not special because I have been able to get a book published this year. I've launched my first coaching program this year that Sue and I launched the coaching uh, class, Sober Sessions. We're not special because we're doing these things. I say that this is what I want to do, and I do it. I don't always know how to do it. I launched a, a video program on Thinkific for my College Success Habits book, which is available on Amazon. If there's uh, interest in 
looking in more into that. I literally could have called it a sobriety and recovery habits book, but I wanted to specifically gear it towards the college uh, kids because I'm really trying to talk to them more about addiction and get at them early before they wake up one day at 40 and have to check into rehab. Um, so highly recommend College Success Habits. Go check it out over on Amazon. I was able to publish that because of just perseverance. and I did not know how to publish a book whenever I set up upon this last August. I had never written a book. I had never edited a book. I hadn't found a team to help me with all of the things that were going to go into play. But I found it out. I figured it out. I put a plan together and I followed it. Because as long as you've got the next step figured out, who cares about step 20 after that? It's the next step that matters. And this is what we're going to talk about in today's podcast is your internal monologue, your self-talk that's going on inside of your head that's telling you whether you can or cannot do something. This is going to be the topic for Sober Sessions on Thursday night, 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern. Um, So if that's something that you're interested in, I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, We're still doing the complimentary sessions. We're bringing tremendous value to all of the listeners. Thank you to whoever was there uh, last week that's listening to this podcast now. If it's something that you would like to, to join in on, you can go to the Facebook group from Sobriety to Recovery. There's a page and there's a group. So make sure you go to the Facebook group from Sobriety to Recovery and answer the questions and and check yes to the rules. And then um, I'll go in and I'll I'll bring you into the group and you can find the link there to fill out the registration form so that I can get you that Zoom link. It's a very simple process. Won't even take you like two minutes. From finding the group to putting in the registration form, two minutes. And so... Uh, very pumped about talking about internal monologue and self-talk. And so I thought, well, let's talk about it now because we're coming off of an episode about scarcity. And this scarcity is going on inside of your head. This lack that you think that you're going through is happening inside of your head. And when things are happening inside of your head, you're talking to yourself. Like There's two ways we talk on any given day to others and to ourselves. And unfortunately, we talk to ourselves a lot. If you're one of those people who thinks that you don't, I can assure you that you do. Open your mind and start to understand that all of those words happening in your head are you talking to yourself. And I've been reading this book by Michael Singer called The Untethered Soul that talks about how those voices, those words in your head aren't even you. This is a version of yourself that's been created by yourself or by others. Many times this internal monologue and self-talk that's going on in our heads is coming from other people. What is that person going to think? What did that person say? What did my mom tell me? What did my dad tell me? All these other people. It's going on inside your head. We have more conversations with ourselves on any given day. In, in, I'd be willing to bet if I could mathematically prove this, that we have more conversations with ourselves on any given day than we do with the entirety of the rest of civilization in a year. 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day are flying through your head. Right? Studies have proven that, whatever proof. Studies have said 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day. Now, I've read other studies that, that claim that anywhere between 80 and 95% of those thoughts that you, had, that you had today are the same thoughts you had yesterday. Think about that. If you have 50,000 thoughts, and not, let's just go with 
90% of those thoughts are the same as they were yesterday. That means 45,000 of your 50,000 thoughts are reruns from yesterday, which means that they're reruns from the day before and the day before, right? We're talking about any of those thoughts with, oh, I'm too fat. Oh, I'm too skinny. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not whatever it is you're saying. It's the positive too. I am good enough. I am fit. It's, it's all of them, right? So think about if you continuously repeat the same 45,000 thoughts every single day, how much that, it's like a broken record. It just starts to groove inside of your head. So if you're having thoughts that aren't helping you, that aren't, that, that aren't pushing you towards the best version of yourself, then you're having negative thoughts that are holding you back. Positive thoughts have been scientifically, through tests, proven to increase your mood, to make you happier, to bring you into a more positive state. Negative thoughts have never been proven to bring you into a positive state. You can sit on the couch and call yourself fat and call yourself a drunk from now till the cows come home. And it very well could motivate you to get up off the couch and stop drinking, stop using, stop eating sugary foods. Right? It's not putting you in a better mood. It might get you angry at yourself for your behavior. But it's not like, I'm a piece of shit, Jesse. You're a horrible person, Jesse. Jesse's stupid. Jesse's ugly. Jesse's dumb. Jesse's a blah, blah, blah. It's not going to make me like, yeah, I love Jesse. Let's go and work out. That's not how that's going to play out. Negative thoughts always are going to lead to a negative mood. Now, this is going to be something great that we're going to cover on Thursday. And of course, I'm going to touch upon it now because once I get into a role, I can't not. Uh, The thing with this internal monologue, this self-talk, where a lot of people get hung up, and I have also gotten hung up on this. This is why I can bring actual experience to you that I had to put myself through, is that there's a fear that if I say something negative to myself, then I'm then I'm doing it I'm doing something bad. I'm doing it wrong. Right. So then we get into this like mindset where if you can't say anything negative. Anytime you have a negative thought, you say something negative about yourself, you literally like then you oh damn it, you weren't supposed to do that. You're supposed to only have positive thoughts. I can't even think right. Right? Like negative thoughts are going to come. We're human. This isn't anything, no matter what you read, no matter what guru out there tells you otherwise, you are not going to be able to completely eliminate negative thoughts from being inside of your head. It is never going to happen. And you know how I feel about definitives. I always never use them. So the point here is to understand that whenever you find yourself with the negative self-talk, that you ask yourself, okay, why am I thinking this? Literally talk to yourself through it, right? Talk to yourself like a child if you have to and be like, okay, Jesse, why why are you thinking that you're not, why do you think you're stupid today? What made you think you're stupid today? Okay, when did you decide that you were stupid today, right? Like literally just stop and say, why am I having this thought that I'm stupid today? What is bringing about this thought, right? Saying, Jesse, you're stupid, and then immediately getting mad at myself for that is the complete opposite way of reacting to it, right? What do we talk about? Reaction is emotionally triggered. Response is, say it with me, grounded, 
Okay, we want to be emotionally grounded when we respond because you know what a reaction is. That's whenever you freak out and lose it and you're like screaming at people. That's emotionally triggered. Okay, so we don't want to be emotionally triggered. We want to be emotionally grounded. Reaction response. Thank you for that quick little review. I'm sure for those of you who are all the way up till now on the podcast, you have heard me explain that one way too many times or just the right amount. Hmm? Hmm? See how quickly you can just change the thought process back to what I was talking about. So you have these moments where you're going to have the negative self-talk. And rather than immediately flipping out on yourself and getting angry with yourself for just being a normal human with a with with the typical brain that's going to have negative thoughts, you just have to stop and ask yourself, why are you saying that right now? Right? What is the proof that I'm stupid? Did I not do something correctly that I think I should have done correctly? That's okay. Again, we're human. We make mistakes. Right? There's going to be there's going to be days where you I don't know, don't wear matching socks or you do show up late even though I've told you countless times to Google Maps and ways at somewhere well before you're supposed to arrive. Like there's just going to be things that are going to happen. And when those moments show up, rather than beat yourself up for the negative self-talk or which is just which is just as I'm not going to say bad of an idea. Um right, so you don't want to beat yourself up about negative self-talk and and Something that can be just as detrimental to your mindset is trying to be like the Smurfs. La, 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 everything's happy. La, 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 I'm so positive, right? Mm, I should have ended that with positivity. I'll do that next time. So you don't want to sit here and walk around like, you know, there's unicorns shooting rainbows out of its butt and everything's always positive and happy because it's not. And if you sit here and just try to convince yourself that everything's always positive and happy, then you're just lying to yourself, right? And we don't do that anymore because we have integrity, right? Integrity starts with ourselves, not lying to ourselves, right? So everything's not always great, but that's okay. It's not sobriety that sucks. It's just life can suck sometimes. But we'd stop and just say, okay, well, I don't feel positive about this thing right now, right? You know, like I cleaned my house today pretty good job. Is there a lot more cleaning to do? Yes. Am I going to get negative on myself? I spent six hours. I got a lot done. There's probably about another 18 hours to go, but it's okay. I don't have time to do it all today, but I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm going to feel positive about the six hours I put in and the organization that I was able to create in my home. So there's two ways to take on that negative self-talk. One, don't not beat yourself up about it. And two, don't try to sugarcoat everything and make it seem like it's all la di da di da because it's not. You're allowed, in fact, you're encouraged to have these negative thoughts come in because you want to learn how to, one, see them coming, two, respond to them, and three, correct. Right? You, if you don't... If you don't have the action of the negative thought, then you never have the opportunity to evaluate the negative thought, and then you don't have a, t- a chance to, to correct it. So we have ACT, Evaluate, and Correct, AEC. I should come up with a better acronym for that, and I think I might um, try to do that, just not right in here in the middle of the show. <laughs> so, so when this negative self-talk starts, right, that's the action of it. Stop and evaluate why it's coming, and then correct for it. It is the most important thing you can do to rein in this self-talk. 
And as Sue and I will be talking about on Thursday, it's important that you understand that these languages that you're using inside of your head, whether it's to describe yourself or any other person, place, or thing, right? Any other noun, whether it's yourself or any other noun, these words literally become how you see the world. It's how you're experiencing something, um, how you'll participate in something. It will literally build the entire world around you. This is why people say that you are in control of your reality. Something bad happens. Um, uh, Your tire blows out, right? And you could be like, oh my God, bad things always happen to me. Okay, this is a bad thing that happened, but it's also an opportunity to go get a new tire. It's also an opportunity to uh, see how good you are at changing a tire or to call AAA. Like there's a positive spin you can put on it. You can see what happened to the tire. Uh, there's a really great story I'll tell on Thursday about this occurring to one of my friends and how he created that reality, right? And what ends up happening is that because you're creating a reality about the little things and maybe not necessarily paying attention to what you're doing around that, you know, oh, you know, what you think about your bedroom might seem insignificant, but the more you allow yourself to paint these negative pictures about the things going on in your life, the more that will bleed into the bigger things, right? This is how I say how you do anything is how you do everything. And you can't turn work ethic off and on like a light, right? You either have it or you don't. You can learn to have it, but you can't, you know, have 110% of work ethic towards cleaning your house and then go and put 40% work ethic into the yard, right? Like it doesn't work that way. You can't be like, people will try to argue back and say, well, I'm super motivated to clean my house. I don't care that much about the yard. Okay. I absolutely can see that. And there might be some times where maybe you're only giving it the 90%. But if you think that you can go around life just giving it 40% whenever you feel like it, and then you can just turn it on and get 110% whenever you really want to, I can tell you from watching any kind of sports team that should win a ton of their games, and then they half-ass it for three quarters, and then they think in the fourth quarter they'll just turn it on, score 28 points, and win the game, I'll tell you what, it doesn't always work out that way. Now, if they're playing a really crappy-ass team, it will. But as soon as they go up against any kind of level of competition, boom, they're going to get bopped on the nose. And that's exactly what's going to happen to you. Sure, you might be able to half-ass it here and there, and it'll be good. It'll be okay. But is that what you're striving for, is good and okay? And then what kind of internal monologue did you just have to put yourself through? What kind of mental gymnastics are you doing? jumping around doing to convince yourself that your half-ass effort that you just put in is is okay? How much of your integrity did you just have to sell down the river to convince yourself that half-assing cleaning the house was okay? Because you know it's not. And like my mom used to say to my dad, stop being a half-ass mogul. Just do it 100% the first time and you won't have to come back three other times and fix the mistakes you made from half-assing it the first time. Internal monologue, self-talk. This is the kind of stuff that you're doing all the time. Exercising, eating, showering, driving, shopping, internet, social media. It doesn't matter. Flip through Instagram and you see a picture of somebody having a beautiful vacation. And your first thought is, what? Uh, 
I mean, I could just sit here and rattle through 30 different examples, and they could be positive or they could be negative. Good for them. Oh, how dare they? Oh, they look fat. Oh, they're too skinny. Oh, why'd they wear that bikini? Oh, wow, that bikini is beautiful. Oh, my God, that car. I wish I had that car. Why don't I have that car? I should work harder. I'm a loser. I don't have that fancy car. Everybody else fancy cars but me. You can't even look at one picture on Instagram without having like 25 thoughts rattle out of your head. So don't sit here and tell me that you're not talking to yourself because you are. Everybody does it. It's not possible to not do it. What's possible is to notice it come, evaluate why it's there, and then correct for it. All right? The way we think can often be so irrational that it will literally confound us when we have some of these thoughts. And then we walk away and many of these 45,000 thoughts that are repetitive just you know, just end up cycling in and out, right? You know, the brain, it does, the, the mind does three things whenever information comes toward it. It deletes it, it distorts it, or it generalizes it because it can't possibly remember every single thing that happens to you. The conscious mind is only capable of handling like 128 bits of data, whereas it's getting 2 million bits of data thrown at it every second. So every second, 2 million bits are coming at it, but it can only handle 128. Now, if you Google that stat, I think somebody once wrote that it was 126. Well, if you know anything about microchips, 126 isn't a number. It's 128 because it goes, you know, 4, 8, 16, 64, 128. My point is 128 is what we're going to go with here. <laughs> and, and your brain can only handle 128. So it has to delete, distort, and generalize all the rest. So while it's going through this process of delete, distorting, and generalizing, self-talk is, is occurring. And you have to be thinking about it, right? Since we're constantly going through this like stream of talk and inner monologue, inner self-talk, we've literally just become so accustomed to it that we give it a pass for saying some stuff to us that honestly, we'd bitch slap somebody else for saying to us. There is 0% chance I'm just letting some rando person walk up to me and be like, you're ugly and you're stupid and you're not fit and you live in a hobo shack and your car's ugly and your sports teams suck and your shoes are are ugly and your feet are big. I mean, some of those are ridiculous and I'm doing it for (laughs) just to get you to chuckle. But the point being is that this constant stream of of inner self-talk is happening to the point where we're not even really honestly giving it much credence and we just let these things come in and come out. The problem being is that if you keep having it and it becomes repetitive and it's day after day after day, it's this onslaught of negative self-talk. You think that you're just brushing it aside. But what ends up happening is subconsciously you begin to believe it, right? If you're one of these people who like me and Sue were talking about the coaching session on Thursday and was talking about um, some people who think that life isn't fair. Right. If you think that life isn't fair, then what you'll end up doing is looking for ways that life isn't fair. Because you're constantly saying life isn't fair, life isn't fair, life isn't fair. Right? The brain doesn't like to be proven wrong. Think about that. All, I mean, most humans do not like being told that they're wrong. Even the people who say that they're okay with being told that they're wrong are still having internal self-talk about making sure that they're not wrong the next time. <laughs> so I can assure you, humans don't want to be wrong. That 
is just as prevalent in the mind. It doesn't want to be proven wrong. So if you tell them that you're not a good friend, or you're not a good boyfriend, or you're not a good girlfriend, you're not a good husband, you're not a good wife, you're not a good coworker, and you keep saying those things to yourself, just like if somebody else has a, was, we're, we're telling that to a child day after day after day, eventually Charles is going to believe it. Well, we're all just children. Right? There's, there's still that little child in our brain that if it continuously hears something is eventually going to believe it. So if you keep telling yourself that you're this, that life isn't fair, then you're going to start looking for ways that it's not fair because you want to be right. And so now you're looking for, and now your tire blows out, you stub your toe, you can't find your keys. It all goes back to life not being fair. Now here, here's the big, the big stickler about this is that what ends up happening is that we start to see all of our life has life isn't fair. So because we believe life isn't fair, we'll, it's not just the little things, it's the big things. Why ask for the promotion? Why go out for the new job? Why um, ask out that attractive person across the hall? Right? It, all of a sudden, because you believe that life isn't fair, you just think life isn't fair. And so you'll stop even trying to pursue certain things that you actually want in life because you're running this program of life isn't fair, therefore, why should I even try? Right? That's the part that is just a kick, man. Right? Because you think, oh, I just think that life isn't fair because, you know, I always get stuck behind the person trying to write a check at the grocery store. But honestly is that you will find yourself trying so hard to put the best foot forward in your life. But because you're running this program, this sequence of life isn't fair, you will start to, and this could be pretty much unconsciously, you'll just, something, you'll be like, I should do that, nah, whatever, it's, you know, that won't work out. But the reason you're thinking that is because you're running the program of life isn't fair. So you start putting less effort into your work, into your marriage, into your life, into your physical fitness. You start just you just start trying less because you've already determined that you're not going to accomplish it, that it's not going to be possible for you because things aren't possible for you because your life isn't fair. I had an eighth grade teacher. She was not a nice person. But I remember her favorite saying is, if you want fair, go to the county fair. Yeah, things aren't always going to work out. Life doesn't always work out the way that we would like. The rude person at the job gets the promotion over you, even though you bust your hump because they kiss better butt, whatever that might be. But if you start putting in less effort into your life, into your career, into yourself, into your relationships, because you're running a program that life isn't fair, then what will end up happening is life really will show you that it's not fair. You'll get passed up for promotions because you're not showing leadership skills because you don't think you're going to get picked for the leadership spot because life isn't fair. So then you don't show leadership skills at work and then you never get picked to be the leader. You think that life isn't fair, therefore you never get your way in the marriage, and so therefore you put less effort into it, which causes your spouse or partner to constantly be frustrated with you, and then to bring demands and to start arguments and see, life isn't fair, she's always yelling at me. But you are operating on a program that says life isn't fair, so you start to half-ass the relationship, and then you wonder why the other person is constantly getting down on you. 
And we're not even going to get into the fact that you don't make somebody. We look. I could easily go off into a whole sidebar about how you don't make anyone do anything. It's all their perception of your actions, and it's their choice to behave a certain way. But let's step away from the life coachy aspect of this for a moment, and just realize that if you're operating in a relationship or with your friends under the assumption that life isn't fair, so you're always going to be taken advantage of, or you're always your needs are always going to come second, and therefore you stop putting forth effort toward them, then their natural human response is going to be to find that not good for them, and then they're going to start to battle back. Again, I can spew out all the awesome life coaching stuff that there is, but the fact of the matter always goes back down to it is two people communicating with one another. And when that happens, no matter how you know guru-esque you might think someone is, even a Tony Robbins is going to find himself arguing with someone in his inner circle about something, even though he's got all the resources in the world. He has literally invented resources, and he's still having problems because he's a human. He's got 99 problems, and every one could be one, right? <laughs> so... Closing this episode up, I think it's really important that you start looking at how your internal monologue, the self-talk that you're acting upon every single day, is creating the reality you live in. And when you continuously tell yourself that you never win, that life isn't fair, that you're always finishing second, then you will start to figure out ways to prove yourself correct. And in that process of proving yourself correct, it will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you will continuously find that life isn't fair. You'll continuously find that life is hard. Because you think it's hard, you'll only see the places where it is hard, and you won't necessarily see where it's easy. So because I love to give you action steps, here's what I would like to remind you of and give you as direction. Not only should you go to the Instagram or the Facebook group um, from Sobriety to Recovery, Click on the registration in Instagram and my bio link and fill it out. I'll get you the Zoom link by Thursday afternoon, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. Or you go to the Facebook group and join there. What I want to put you to task is first, see the, see the self-talk coming. Positive or negative, just see it happen. Then evaluate what exactly is being said to yourself and then correct for it. Okay? So maybe maybe it's recognize, evaluate, correct, R-E-C, rec, right? So we'll go with R-E-C, rec. Recognize, evaluate, and correct, okay? And then if we're looking for a big how on this is how can you start to fix up some of this internal monologue is really start to tell yourself that things are easy. Start to tell yourself that you are smart. Start to tell yourself that you are fit, right? Just by starting this, and again, guys, I mean, we all spent how many years in addiction? Regardless of what your substance of choice is, you spent more than likely, you've spent year after year after year there. You're not just going to break these habituated uh, mindsets that you have built up over the last decade or two. You're not just going to break them overnight. This is going to take time. Just like going to the gym and doing a bicep curl once every month isn't going to make your biceps bigger. Telling yourself once every month that you are good enough, that you are amazing, that you can accomplish anything you set your mind to, it's not going to happen overnight. The number one way to start working toward 
the best version of yourself is to take that first step. So if you tell yourself that something's difficult, evaluate why you just said that and then correct for it. What is the next step? What is the one thing you can do to show yourself that it's not difficult? Is it pulling up a YouTube video on how to change a tire? Is it pulling up a YouTube video on how to change windshield wipers? Is it pulling up a YouTube video on how to grow basil in your backyard? Whatever it is, do one step toward it. One step toward it. And if you want to make a really big step for yourself right now, you can jump over to the Instagram group from sobriety to recovery or the Facebook group from sobriety to recovery. And you can register for sober sessions this Thursday, the 23rd. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. This thing is going to just really, it just, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know what it's going to be, but I just know I feel an energy around it. What Sue and I are putting together, the conversations that we're having, the the books that we have read, the information we have learned, we are bringing it there. And for the for the beginning stages of this, we're running it as a complimentary. Down the line, it's only going to be $25 a month for four sessions, Thursday nights, 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern. It's like I keep repeating the time because I've got listeners in like Iran. And I want to make sure that you guys have figured out. I think if you go on the internet and type in G, uh, Greenwich Mean Time, GMT, you can figure out what time this is going to be happening. But the point is, is that down the line, yes, we're going we're gonna to start adding some really amazing bonuses to these to these coaching sessions where here's what we're doing we're doing 20 minutes of coaching and teaching right so we're going to teach on this topic self-talk on thursday for about 20 minutes and then we're going to do laser coaching for the last 40 minutes where you're able to send us private questions private messages in zoom so that you get to maintain your anonymity and then we'll be able to coach you right there we're not going to pull you up on screen it's just going to be webinar based me and sue we're going to laser coach you through whatever problem that you have it can be around self-talk. It can be around something completely different. It's 40 minutes where you have an opportunity to speak directly to us. We cannot wait for you to be a part of it. Please monitor your self-talk. I'm telling you, if you consistently tell yourself that you're bad at something, you're never going to get good at it. I always never use definitives. All right? It's like you will get better. If you just start doing, say that to yourself right now, I am capable. I am willing to do whatever it takes to become the best version of myself. I promise you, down the road, each and every single day, you will start to see ways that you have proven that to yourself. And that's what you should be proving to yourself, that you are capable, that you are willing, and that you are amazing. Because every single one of us has that inside of ourselves. And if I, you have to sit here and listen to me for the next 25 years of your freaking lives, you better freaking start to learn that. Because <laughs> I am not going to have you think otherwise. Because nobody here is special. We are unique. All right? We are unique humans. But we're not special because we're humans because there's like 7 billion of us on this planet. But we're u- unique. And we all have our own approach to life. I just highly recommend that you start making one of your approaches positive self-talk. Until we meet again, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. I love you all. See you again next week or Thursday night, 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern. Much love, everybody. Bye-bye.